0: Okay, everyone, welcome to another Prog Report Top 5 podcast. Another great episode here with another great set of guests of course back again is jeff bailey
1: hello i'm back
0: all right jeff uh you know so recently there was this summer tour the royal affair tour with yes and asia and john lodge and the carl palmer uh elp legacy fantastic tour that i think just ended its north america run but if you got a chance to see it which i did you saw that ron bumblefoot thall was Lead singer for Asia and did an amazing job and of course he's with Sons of Apollo who have a live album coming out and he has a ton of stuff going on. So I'm really happy to welcome Ron Bumblefoot Thal.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you guys.
0: Alright, man. So are we going by Ron Bumblefoot? What do you prefer in these type of situations?
2: Ronald Bumblefoot J. Blumenthal the first. <laughs> um Whatever sure. you want to call me. Call, you know, I get called all kinds of shit. I get Mr. Foot, Bumbles, <laughs> uh, Ron. Oh, I get called Rob a lot, R-O-B, because of... Uh, the know, Ron people. and the
0: B, yeah. Can, can, well, can,
2: what happens is, you know, the autocorrect, it always turns it into Rob. <laughs> and then, like, ten minutes later, I get a message, sorry, I meant Ron. And meanwhile, I do it half the time. Like, I'll write something I'm like, thanks, Rob. It's like shit. It's like Ron, Ron N. I just send them a giant picture of an N. Mm. Uh,
0: anyway, man, look. I know you just finished up the the U.S. tour uh, with Asia. Those shows were, uh, I mean, the one I saw and some stuff I saw online. It was amazing. What was it like being on that tour, sing with the band? I want to get into, you know, how you got involved with it and all, but just overall your experience of of doing that and being a frontman singing for the first time.
2: It was wonderful and the shows just got better and better and more comfortable and we just really started, uh, you know, how it is with with a band. The tour starts and by the end of it, you're just this solid machine uh, and it was really nice getting to that point as the shows went on. Uh, how did it begin? Well, I had this thing with Jeff Downs called Platinum Rock All-Stars. Jeff was on keyboards, I was on guitar, Rudy Sarzo was on bass, Phil Narrow from Talis was singing, and Carmine Apiece was on drums, and then on the second guitar we had Gene Cornish from the Rascals and we just did a bunch of all of our music and all different stuff together. We did a show in Toronto and Chicago and just had a blast. After that, Asia's tour manager asked me if I wanted to start playing guitar in the band. Uh, And I was like, "Well, well, let's just keep it in the back of our minds, you know, maybe down the road at some point. And then in 2017, they had the tour coming up with Journey. They asked me to do it, but I was, uh, that's when Sons of Apollo is just getting everything together. So I told them I was going to be busy with that, and and we didn't do it. And then this year they asked again and said, "Hey, you want to uh, you want to do this?" I was like, "Yeah, this will be great. Let's do it." And I was just going to play guitar. So they had a possible singer, of you know, a fifth person singing. And then that person was not going to be able to do it. So they asked me, they said, Hey, you want to just sing? So I'm thinking to myself, well, the last, I vowed to myself that I will never be in a band where I have to replace an iconic member ever again. That's just not (laughs) me. I am not that guy. I want to build things from the ground up and be a creative partner and a founding member. And that's what I envisioned when I was five years old and and wanted to start playing in bands and making music and doing all that. And I didn't want to compromise that anymore. And I stopped compromising that. So then Asia says, Hey, do you want to replace John (laughs) Wetton?" So what do I do? (laughs) I say, yeah. Uh, And, but I'm glad I did. It's, it was a different experience this time around. And I'm really grateful for how, embracing the fans were and the band and everybody it was just a wonderful wonderful experience and i I was really afraid i was afraid that i was going to be you know getting more death threats and people throwing things at me and, (laughs) and just all the hate and that didn't happen at all
0: yeah no it was really like it was surprising to watch it, and it was—it sounded really great, and it had a sort of great energy about it on stage. It was—it was a lot of fun. The then that whole tour evening was was great. All four acts, and the way they they kept it going real quick. There wasn't any any lag between acts, and the whole thing was just really well done. I thought. Um, so yeah. it was a really really cool show, and everybody just enjoyed it.
2: The crew was amazing. They had it. A- uh the the stage manager and the the crew and everybody just did such a great job they had all the gear up and ready to go and a three minute changeover between the first three bands and they were two the second they had it nailed down yeah and it was so smooth and it was great yeah Yeah.
0: really cool i want to ask you before we get into the top five stuff uh you you have a camp coming up as well you want to talk about that a little bit
2: I do. It is the second Bumblefoot music camp. And the first one took place in Ireland. Are you laughing at the way I talk? Because <laughs> everybody laughs at the way I talk. Sometimes I laugh at the way I talk. Um, Not at all. Yeah, it's sort of like this mixture of like Sylvester Stallone and Yogi Bear. And, <laughs> well, I, get, I get all different things. Some people say I sound like, remember Alf? Yes.
3: Yeah. Tony. Yeah, that, yes. that, that, that puppet, like, that yeah.
2: fucking puppet, yeah. <laughs> so they say it sound like Alf. Now, if you go, you know, the older folks, they'll refer to the Anteater cartoon. I don't uh-huh. know if you remember yes. that.
0: It's, Pink Panther, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah,
2: Yeah. so the Anteater. So, yeah, yeah. So I get some of that as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. How wonderful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so... So feel free to laugh at my voice. And usually people imitate it as well. I, you know, I'll get off here and then, then someone will say, all right, that was Ron Bumble <laughs> I'll get that. So, yeah, I was really, I should just be doing voiceovers for cartoons because I was just born. I have the, the, I should be doing that. Yeah, I should. So the camp. Um, yeah, the camp. So the camp is taking place in Athlone, Ireland. Athlone, Ireland. It's right in the center of the island of Ireland and Northern Ireland. And it is taking place September 15th to September 20th. And it includes accommodations and meals and all kinds of classes on everything you can imagine and jams and one on one lessons and a big concert together we're gonna do for a local charity and some guest lecturers and a whole bunch of sightseeing. You know, that is the town where there's the oldest known pub in the world, if not the universe. Uh, So we're going to go there and we're going to get all fucked up. And there's going to be giveaways. We have wonderful sponsors. We have uh, Sinister Guitar Picks. We got Fretlord Guitar LEDs. I don't know if you've seen me with Sons of Apollo. and My guitar's all lit up. That's from them. Klotz Guitar Cables that I use. IK Multimedia have been so generous. They're giving an iRig 2.0 and amplitude to everyone who comes to the camp. Vigier Guitars is going to be giving some swag, and we just got DeMarzio pickups involved, and they'll be giving some goodies away as well.
3: Nice. So,
2: big thank you to all of them. It's going to be at the Prince of Wales Hotel, and they have a venue there, and, and the rooms in there will be doing the classes, and that's where everybody can stay. Uh, yeah, did it last year, and it went so well just had to do it again. I want to do this every year. And we're going to be doing all kinds of crazy classes on music theory, on understanding the string and waves and dividing the string and how it affects harmonics and and frequencies and then how to use that. Uh, lots of songwriting stuff. Uh, we'll be getting into lots of theory stuff and, and picking and chicken picking and multi-finger tapping and improvising. And lots of mental exercises so that you can play Uh, Steve Howe's guitar parts while singing John Wetton's vocal parts at the same time (laughs) while pressing with your right foot changing vocal patches and with your left foot changing guitar patches and (laughs) juggling a few bowling pins, too. Uh, We're going to work on singing and learning techniques on singing. Uh, The music business, understanding, copyright and publishing, distribution, touring. Uh, All right, I think I'm in, I think I'm in, I'm coming, yeah. sounds Amazing. great. Oh, yeah. oh, the studio stuff too, we're going to go to the Applewood Institute of Technology and use their studio and get into that stuff as well. Uh, so much, yeah, there's so many things and just it's just a great bonding hang in a musical environment. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to do a little acoustic concert as well on the last night.
1: And that's, that's open to, to anyone who wants to come along, isn't it?
2: Yes. So the camp concert, like all the the attendees and me and my Bumblefoot drummer, Kyle Hughes, Kyle Hughes is flying down and, and we're all going to play together and put on a show on the night of the 18th. And then the 19th is going to be just me and acoustic guitar just breaking balls and singing a few songs in between. And those concerts are open to everybody. Yes.
0: Uh, awesome, man, so people can still sign right. up uh, to the camp.
2: Oh, yeah You could sign up to the very day and pretty soon we'll roll out day passes as well If people just want to come for one day.
0: All right, is there a website or?
2: There uh-huh. is you can either go to bumblefoot.com and click on the first thing you see or go to bumblefoot and it'll open up into a nice brochure giving you info on everything Awesome. Yeah,
1: I was just going to thank Ron for Making Ireland rock again. Thank you.
2: <laughs> oh no, no. You guys hell, no. every time I'm out there, it's such a blast. Uh with Sons of Apollo, with guns, with my own stuff. It's always been great. And just love being there. And the Kerry Gold Butter.
1: Best yep. butter in the world. Absolutely. yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, we
0: talk about butter here on the Prague Report too. We cover a little bit of everything. <laughs> Uh all right and and uh, lastly I mean we've talked about it a lot on the website but The Sons of Apollo Live with the uh, plovdiv Psychotic Symphony comes out at the end of this month. Jeff did a great review on it on our website which you can check out now.
2: Yeah, I saw it. Thank you so much. And uh Thank yeah, you. it's a
0: killer live album, uh killer visual actually. I think if you wait and get the the Blu-ray, it's really really something uh cool. The way it was filmed is pretty
2: cool. Yeah, it was great filming, great editing. Yes, it's it's good, uh, good visually. It's a nice DVD, Blu-ray. Yeah. So now back to the butter. I think that's (laughs) No, seriously, because the amount of rain that you get and it's the perfect weather for the grass and the cows eat the grass and grass fed cows yield the best of everything as far as butter, as far as beef. And it really shows itself in the butter, and I'm sorry, I mean, I don't mean to get all, you know, be butter snob and all, but <laughs> seriously, I do feel that out of all the butter I've had anywhere in the world, Kerrygold is the best butter. And I even have people that bring me bricks of Kerrygold butter because they know how much I love it.
0: Well, <laughs> to Jeff, me, when you, else, well Jeff, when you like, come to next at the end of the month, you got to bring us some butter. <laughs> I didn't know about oh, this.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, you will taste the difference. If you taste Irish butter compared to, <laughs> to like, you know, I, look, I don't want to call out any other brands or anything, but you know, let's say you get, uh, you know, Breakstone lightly whipped butter. Yeah. That's very <laughs> pale, and it tastes just more like a salt delivery system. And, <laughs> and I mean, it's good butter, but you think it's good butter, you, you, you know, until you have something like Kerrygold, and then you're like, holy shit. This just <laughs> wakes up the palate.
1: Yeah, you see, the, well, the, you were talking about your accent. They These guys make fun of my accent. If only accent? they, You know, if only they knew, you know, the, about the butter, they wouldn't make so much fun of me.
2: That's right. <laughs> oh, the sheep, the sheep. Did you know that... Um, actually let me find the exact article because I read a lot of articles I know so much about so little or so little about so much actually Um, that's what I meant to say Uh, I know so little about so much Uh, so check this out I just was sent an article Donegal people are outnumbered by sheep department confirms (laughs) this is true this is in the independent uh, newspaper that uh-huh. There are now more sheep than people in Donegal County, yep. which is uh, way up you know, in the very north by Inch Island, and, yep. and it's really nice up there.
0: How yep. far away is that from you, Jeff?
1: Um, well, Athlone's about two and a half, three hours. Initial one's probably two hours, different direction.
0: That's great. It's so
1: funny. Yep. But you see, in Irish terms, that's miles, like, you know, that's halfway around the world for us. It was was, the journeys longer than 15 minutes. You know, you pack sandwiches and, you know, and water, you know, just in case something goes wrong. No, here in the
0: States, everything's 30 minutes away. So you (laughs) drive everywhere. Uh, That's that's funny. Uh, Man, this is great. All right, let's get. Butter aside, as riveting as it is, let's get to the meat of this thing. All right, so uh, it's cool to ask uh, your perspective on the top five Asia songs as you are you know, now into this thing and you've been singing these great songs uh, on the road. Uh, so let's, let's see, you know, what you think and what you pick. And, uh, you know, if stuff comes up of, from songs that you actually performed, um, I'd love to hear, you know, how that went for you and what maybe nuances you picked up while learning the song, which would be really cool. Um, so, uh, why don't you go ahead and start with your number five pick, Ron? Number
2: five. So we're going towards number one then. Correct. We're going to go in reverse. Yep. Yep. This might surprise some people, uh, or maybe not, but I'm going with the song Emily. Wow. Off the Omega album, the later, hey, the reunion stuff. That is a surprise. Yep. Because I am a huge, huge Beatles lover, and to me, a lot of the stuff on that album, at least when you get toward the end of the album, there's this batch of songs that has that complete Britpop Beatles vibe to it Emily still the same Don't Want to Lose You like that one yeah Don't Want to Lose You Now is very Lenin-ish in the mm. uh, yeah and when I first time I heard Emily it just had that, that bounce to
3: it Emily now I see
4: how our love could never be oh I know I'm not cool just a sentimental fool that the pain it's insane. Now that everyone can see, it just ain't meant to be Emily. Emily.
2: Emily. And I just yeah. love things that even resemble that things that seem like they might have been inspired by the Beatles or just that whole vibe, whether it's um, What could we say squeeze a lot of their their songs will like that? I would even say super tramp. They certainly had their own style and their own sound but as far as a more sophisticated writing that they had in the chord changes and when they would go minor or when they would just have that, that sixth in there, holding it down, leaving this tension. Uh, what do I mean? Let me grab my guitar. I'm gonna tell you what I mean. Okay. Here's what I mean by the sixth, let me grab. Okay. Uh, the sixth note of the scale. So let's say you're throwing that into a chord, let's say a, a minor chord. Right here. It's like it needs to have a a sort of temporary resolve. So that kind of thing that happens. You know, I just liked that direction, that exploration that they did in that little part of the album. Mm. And I tend to like sometimes... I think when people make albums, they put their best foot forward and then towards the end of the album, they'll have the finale song, but sort of right as they're getting toward the end, they feel like, all right, we got to put these songs somewhere. But to me, some, those are some of my favorite ones. Like if you listen to Boston's first album, the songs mm-hmm. at the end, like the last few songs, I mean, of course, everyone, they're gonna say more than a feeling and, and uh, you know side one. But to me, yep. the last three songs that you had, uh, what the hell were they now? Uh, yeah.
4: When I was younger, I
3: thought I could stand on my own. That one, uh,
2: Man,
0: you sound like him. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you could sing for Boston,
2: too. <laughs> well, like, this. like all those songs at the end
1: yeah um hitching a ride
4: yeah
0: yeah well you're also Those talking about one of the great, you're yeah, you're talking about one of the great debut albums ever made too um yeah, I mean that's a classic record cool song, and I think Emily was a bonus track, I believe, so that's a really a uh, you know nice rare one to go with on fur number five, so nice nice pick,
2: very cool. Cool. So cool. oh, that's my number five, Emma.
0: Awesome. Jeff, your turn, number five. Okay,
1: my my number five, um, so I probably came to Asia slightly later than than um, the very start, and um, I was kind of getting into Yes, and then I found out about this band that had some sort of connection with it, and I can remember sort of back in the day, you know, when you didn't have all music music, ever available to you on a on a device in your pocket i parted my money for a cassette of astra and (laughs) the first the first track in that was go and it was one of those you know whatever whatever else is on this cassette it's money well spent um really enjoyed you know i I knew he at the moment and i knew some of the famous songs but um you know a really solid rock song great guitar solo keyboard interplay the little breakdown in the middle, which even though Steve Howe wasn't on it, it's quite kind of Steve Howeish, I think. um And you know, I th- funny, I was by the uh, by by the miracle of YouTube, I was actually watching a, a clip of of Ron singing it, and it was the the set opener, I think, on the tour that you guys have just yeah, done.
2: Yeah,
1: that was the opener. And uh, to me, it's the it's it's. You know, that's that that's what it's made for, album opener, set opener. Um, and great, you know, the chorus, the vocals, everything like that.
0: that song. I love that album. I like that op- the opening keyboard thing is just it, it right. It's so sets the mood opening thing. It's so uh that opening organ thing. Um yeah, the, for for a while that was my favorite Asia record. I mean, that was right in the middle of where I was super into the band and so I had a, I had a lot of good fun memories of that. And I was glad to see you guys play that live.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, starting the show off with <laughs> a song from the third album. Yeah, that's <laughs> But, you know, People knew it. I saw lots of people singing along in the audience. People knew it, so that's good. Uh, Yeah, it was interesting. I spent a lot of time chatting with Carl on a lot of the drives and stuff. He told me that that song was, I don't know if you could say inspired by, but motivated, maybe you could say. Uh, Van Halen just came out with Jump. (laughs) Right. Okay, yeah. And they felt like they needed to have some kind of anthemic song. And, and that was their jump. That was, yeah.
0: Am I in? Uh, all right. I'm going to jump in with my number five. Um So around so late 80s early 90s I was still super into Asia I wanted to be Jeff Downs I had a couple of keyboards I tried to play keyboards I was like a whole thing my pick for number five is from the then and now album which is a half compilation half uh, a few new songs that I guess the record were put together so and I'm gonna pick days like these which is oh, cool. the first of those and I always really love that song it's just a good upbeat rocker and there's this Signature keyboard line that would is totally something is is a Jeff Downs thing right, that he would play on many songs and it's like mm-hmm. a thing. And then I was talking to Jeff about it. He's like, "Oh yeah, he didn't play on that."
1: <laughs> That's to Jeff me, as opposed to Jeff.
0: <laughs> Jeff you. And yeah, so... I, I,
1: no, John. Uh, I know my 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 book on Asia. I have a I have a biography thing that came out. I think round about the time of the reunion, and it says in there that it was. Uh, it was John Whetton who played the keyboards.
0: Yeah, cool. so that was very funny. So, and I guess it was from some solo sessions. And, and you know, Carl Palmer does play on it. And then, uh, but it sounds very much Asia. It's very much like it could have been on Astra or the continuation of that. Um, just, what you know, always one of my sort of favorite songs. And that was very much like peak Asia listening period for me. I just have fond memories of that song. And it was a minor radio hit, I think, too. So uh days like these, that's that's my pick for number five.
4: Come a five held it in my hand, see before you a man who's known greatness. I had a vision, a revelation. I took a look inside of me, and I am a sensation.
0: Okay, so we're off and running. Three interesting choices. Uh, all right, Bumblefoot. Wouldn't, uh, yeah. You know what? I'm going to call you something different each time. <laughs> and, and for number one, I'm going to call you Rob. <laughs> perfect. All right, so Bumblefoot, number four.
2: I'll tell you what, I'm going to go with Don't Cry. Okay, yeah, that's perfect. And for me, it's the, the literal crying of the guitar you know the the
3: right. I mean, wow! Literally,
2: <laughs> it, it just sounds like it, it's just wailing. It it sounds so vocal. Uh, just love that. I mean, the song itself, of course, is a great song. Uh...
0: Play that sliding part as a like a harmonic or something? It sounded like that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, because um just have my one guitar with me. What I would do is I would jump onto the fretless neck and I would use my fingernail instead of my fingertips so that I get more sustain and just slide up on the fingernail. Wow. And then when it gets to the right here, it's higher than the fretboard, so what I do is I Rest my thumb on the side of the or the side of my thumb on the string at half the distance between the notes, and that's where you find the harmonic that'll be one octave higher. So I pluck it. (laughs)
0: That's great. And with
2: enough distortion and stuff and it compressing and saturating, it doesn't sound so just small and plucky. There's little moments that needed a lot of practice with that song. Like, uh, you know, don't cry now
4: that I have found you.
2: Then you have the do what you want. That's a little spot there. There's a guitar line that's doing.
1: But do, 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 do.
2: Yeah. just coordinating the, the brain to just do both do what you want, little down, please don't cry. So, yeah, just little things like that. And to do it just feeling it naturally and flowing with it and being comfortable where one doesn't trip up the other. Because that was the thing with the gig is that you know John Wetton is bass player and vocalist, and those parts go together, they're coming from one brain, but then you have Steve Howe that's anchoring in different places. So sort of have to have two brains, or in my case, two half-brains, and or maybe less and so for a lot of the stuff that was the case uh for the last four songs when steve hat would come out i would take off my guitar and i would just be wayne newton up there just holding the mic <laughs> and,
3: but i did have the
2: songs ready to go in case steve for any reason couldn't uh join us for any night which never happened but as a backup i i did have it ready and uh Stuff like wildest dreams, there's a lot going on guitar wise while he's singing different parts. Yeah, so it's like,
4: No, not in this world, no, not in the world,
2: then you have, No, not in the
4: world, this dream. Wow,
3: oh <laughs> yeah, so
2: like, and being able to just do all of that stuff comfortably and just keep your flow and not feel stumbly or, or just stiff. So I spent a lot of time just practicing the crap out of uh, each part separately and together. And then with the foot pedals and switching sounds as I do it to the point that it was just so comfortable and didn't have to think about it. And I could just think about everything else. Think about the lyrics, the emotion, uh, locking in with everybody else and all of that kind of stuff which is what you want to do. You want to get to the point that you don't have to think about it. You don't have to concentrate on yourself. You want to concentrate on everything else and just exude all your energy. And yeah, that's man. That's that's awesome.
0: This is super cool to hear this kind of breakdown. I I love it. It's it's awesome. Thank you for that.
1: There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a cool story about that, about that song that I know from, from my book that I keep referring to. And it's, it's something in common with, the last podcast I did was in Kansas and we talked about carry on wayward son being, Mm. being where the album was finished and they needed one more. And John Culloden was obviously a big player in the early days of, of Asia and kind of getting that together. And I I remember reading that, you know, alpha was a very difficult album to make and, you know, there was a lot of tension and they were just absolutely exhausted. And then Culloden turns up and goes you need another song and you know john wetton says i think he was on a plane journey and he, he he um got off the plane and got into a rental car and turned on the radio and the first phrase that he heard on the radio was don't cry and, you know and, and that became that became <laughs> the song which is pretty cool
2: you know and a lot of times in the 11th hour where everyone is just running on instincts mm. and don't have time to overthink anything. Some of the best things come out Yeah. from mm. what I understand. If it's, this is correct. Uh, was it only time will tell or heat of the moment? One of them was like a throwaway song and it was yeah. this country yeah. thing. Yeah. Was it uh only time will tell?
1: No, heat of the moment.
2: It was well, heat of the well, moment. similar, yeah, 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 Okay, so yeah, I forgot which one, but I knew it was like one of those two big hits. So heat of the moment. So picture would have been just uh, no, the heat of the moment. <laughs> but that's what happens in the studio when you get all the everybody collaborating and a good producer that that sees a diamond in there that that can be polished. Uh, yeah, and when everyone works together, you, you bring the best out of a song. Yeah. And you could find uh, something great in in any song there's always something in there that could could come out there's something. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: cool. Very cool, Jeff. You want to jump in, you're number 4?
1: Yeah. So, number 4 um to the first album, um my pick is Cutting It Fine. Ooh. Um and w- what I love about it is it's got a real sort of pure band um you know feeling you know you think of someone like steve howe you know and with with yes a lot of the stuff was multiple guitar parts and very arranged and you listen to that track and he's just you know like there's no overdubs you know it's just he's playing the whole way through it um and just adding exactly what's needed one of the other things about that song um as well, And it's it's funny because I guess that, you know, this was an album, obviously, that was a surprise kind of popular hit, you know, songs got in the charts. But actually, a lot of the lyrics on the first album are really, really angry. You know, while my temperature is rising high, I warn you now that you are cutting it fine. You know, it, it's really, uh, you know, kind of aggressive. And I think, you yeah. know, I think John Wetton had come out of a relationship and there was still a lot of anger. And, you know, I think, you know, time and time again, you know you know what is it even here at the moment you know uh, what is it you know when um you know when your looks are gone and you're alone <laughs> you know, <what? laughs> you know what I'm saying? when you're old you know when you're old and ugly and on your own you know it's kind of quite sort of aggressive but it's funny but it's also you know absolutely a million miles from the sort of lyrics that yes or elp or King Crimson you know would have come out with and that was you know that was the real to me you know the the lyri- the lyrics as well are are, are are absolute and a lot of the songs are fantastic as well as all the brilliant musical stuff that's, that's going on um yeah so that, that cutting it fine is is one of my favorites
0: cool yep. Nice. yeah I read about that that with Asia that was his goal was to try and write more personal lyrics and get away from his prog background and art rock and all that kind of stuff and um, yeah. you can you, you when you pay attention to it now you can sort of pick that out I guess um,
1: yeah. you know but what's the other one yeah, you you know, you're only only time will tell. You know, your insincerity, me all story eyed. Do you think that I would have learned by now? You know, sort of. <laughs> it's not "I love you, you love me" type but stuff. It's you
0: type know, it's the, real. Yeah, not twenty first century man. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, that's a great good pick. First album, always good. I'm gonna jump to. I'm gonna stay with the first album actually for my number four. I'm gonna go with "Wildest Dreams." Oh. Okay. Which, if you have it too, it's cool. We, we won't. We don't discuss it. And if there's there's, you know, similar picks sometimes, so I wouldn't worry about it. But anyway, yeah. I mean, look. This is the first album's great. Obviously, it's it's a classic. This is one of my favorites from that album. Um, very kind of proggy. Very kind of aggressive. Love the drum solo breakdown in the middle, which is killer. Um, Steve Howe's guitar licks on here are just tremendous. Uh, and uh John Wetton hitting some real high notes on this one.
4: They had forgotten all the soldiers. The bandy puts them
0: How difficult was this song for you learning versus some of the other ones when you had to learn some of these?
3: Well,
2: vocally, everything, I had to sort of unlearn how to sing and relearn from scratch. Normally when I sing, it's very, I guess, Iron Maiden-y, old school metal, high range and I, yeah, kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and a big vibrato, and just, I always say, Ethel Merman. You know, Hollywood. <laughs> like, that's what I say. Like, I sing like, you know, yeah, like, I'm pretty much, yeah, that, that school of singing. And it's just what I grew up on, the singers that I love, like Tony Harnell uh, from TNT, uh, Rob Halford, uh, Ian Gillen, uh, Jeff Tate, Jeff Scott Soto sorry jeff uh, love you jeff um so no seriously like, these are all things that that were an influence on me vocally that i was really into and of course made in big time bruce uh so having that outward, brassy, loud-voweled ah, eh, oh, and then suddenly you have John Wetton, who has this sort of deep, like, chesty thing going on, yet he resonates not forward, but back in the, the upper palate, almost open nasal, almost the way when the French say ah, that's where he resonates, and he doesn't Hit the high notes and open up on those loud vowels. He does it on the e's and the O's the opposite ones. Like if you look at all the songs, like you know, like you're saying wildest dreams. <clears throat> no, wildest dreams. You know, it's that yeah. yeah, and normally you're not gonna get that. You're gonna have a singer that's gonna be like, you know, going, Hey! Or something like that. Oh, not ooh. It's just a not the thing. So I had to learn how to do that. And I just spent a month, well, I spent two months, but the first month trying to figure out what he was relaxing, what he was pushing, what he was opening, what he was testing, trying to figure out how to approach these songs to get the same vibe. Because the one thing I did not want to do is go up there, and when I start singing, everyone says, that's not Aisha. That doesn't sound like Aisha. Yep. And that's what would happen if I went up there and I'm like, you know, you know, you're leaving now. If I do that, it's not, you know, if I, or I should say even more like, you're leaving now. You know, that kind of thing. No, it's no, no, that's going to sound like metal sticks. and Yeah, so could not do that. Or as, as Derek Sherinian or Gene Simmons would say, Abbott. You know, hey, Abbott! You know that thing. Abbott! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the, no abbotry, no Abbott. So that's the thing, is I had to pay respect to the song and to the audience and what they wanted to hear and how they expected to hear it. I can't take their apple juice and fill it up with oranges, you know? <laughs> it's, so, to me, if you change the tone of the vocals... You might as well change the words in the melody too, because it's not the feeling, it's not the emotion, it's not the message. And I needed to carry Wetton's message the right way and honor it and tribute it out of respect for him, the band, the fans, everybody, the legacy of the band. So I needed to get into character. I needed to figure out how can I sing so that I approach these songs comfortably and properly with the right tone like him. And it took a good month of just making horrible sounds, trying to figure out how to get just comfortably, you know, that Mm -hmm. you're leaving now. It's in your eyes. And no vibrato too, that guy had balls. It takes balls to sing with no vibrato because that's like, you're, you're pointing at third base and then you swing, and that ball goes right to third base. You know, and there's no, with vibrato, you're going all around the note. Yeah, yeah. You're up and down and in the, in the ballpark of, of the note. You're leaving now. I'm <laughs> right. hitting all kinds of notes in there. But to hit the actual note dead on, you're leaving now with no vibrato you have to have your shit down and that was scary too you know vibrato is a bit of a crutch sometimes yes it's an embellishment but it is also a crutch Mm -hmm. you can skate around the pitch a little bit but to get it dead on with no vibrato you have to really have it down so getting used to that i had to get it so that my brain would default to a whole different way of singing. And that took, once I figured out what I needed to do physically, then it was a month of just doing that. And I would hit the studio in the morning and I would leave at night singing over and over. And I would do it in different keys. I would do it higher and higher and higher and lower so that I wasn't just stuck on the one note that I was comfortable singing this way. So Normally, my warm-up before the show is I would sing the entire show. That was my warm-up. And by the time I got on stage, that would be the second time I'm singing it in that (laughs) hour or two. And sometimes I'd sing it higher. I would go,
3: uh.
4: You're leaving now. Oh, my
2: God. You're
4: leaving now.
3: (laughs)
2: You know, just try and just get it comfortably and, and do that for everything so that it was more about being comfortable with a way of approaching the notes and a tone and a and physicality than just being this monkey see monkey do kind of thing. So I really worked on, on just getting a new approach to how I sang and getting comfortable doing that because sure enough, once you get on stage, and you're full of adrenaline that I'm trying to restrain because I can't tell you how many times I just wanted to jump into the audience and crowd surf and just be like,
4: how are you motherfuckers doing? with your motherfucking angel? You know, you know I'm going to stab you in the fucking face. This next song is the Smiles left
2: your eyes. You know, and then trying to just tame that down and like, you know, all right, how you doing? <laughs> hey. You know, so seriously, I just had to. audience have gone
0: running, it. running for the hills
2: reeled in I had to just always reeled in and sometimes it came out I will going to Paul Stanley mode because <laughs> normally with the band uh, you know John Wetton would not speak to the audience much and Colin might talk Jeff might talk and when this first started I was all ready to go you know I just I was ready to Paul Stanley it out you know
3: how
4: do feel woo alright <laughs>
0: do you ever hear of those uh Some guy put together like CD, like four CDs worth of Paul Stanley talking.
2: Stanley (laughs) is. Yes. It's amazing. Love it. Yeah. (laughs) So that's the thing. Like I started off on Beatles and kiss. So I always, if I get too excited, I break into Paul Stanley and it happened a few times on stage. I'd be like, all right, we're going to sing this a little louder now. I can't hear (laughs) you. That kind of thing. And, Yeah, and I was just like, all right, reel it in, reel
0: it in, Asia. He's
2: the Marcus. king of that stuff. All right, <laughs> not bait you know in, not scream for me, you know.
0: All right, you are up, actually, with your number three. So why don't we just number dive three. right into okay.
2: that? All right, I could go with Soul I could go, here comes the feeling, which had all that crazy guitar stuff in the middle, so many different things going on there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. You know what? I'm going with The Smile Has Left Your Eyes, even though it's it's not first album, but I'm going with that, which that one is another one that I had ready to go the full band version uh, with all the guitar parts, you know, you have the keyboards and I wanted the keyboard parts too, just in case because <laughs> you never know if a man goes down, you got to back him up coming me solitary man and I know what it is that makes us live each life And you have all the different guitar parts in there uh, The tricky part with that one was when you get to the smile has left your eyes But the guitar is doing these triplets the smile has left your eyes the smile so getting that which takes me back to we'll take a good yeah uh
4: good look at my face you see that smile inside the place
2: and it's the same kind of thing like the slow dragging triplet over and everything is And it almost has to have the drag like it's slowing down like you're really just in this dream kind of phase uh, and that four against three which uh, there, there's a lot of good four against three stuff out there there was you know you had Chopin you have right bunch yeah, and then you have So, you have that going on, and then you have uh, again, you know, tracks of my tears. And I just love that feel. Don't
4: look my face. You see that smile.
2: And it's just a beautiful flow. So,
4: the smile, smile has left your eyes. The smile. Yeah. Has left your eyes i never thought I'd see you Standing there
2: with And then what I tried to do and never got to do it Is I was playing with one hand I was doing the bass notes So don't come crawling Back to me And then with the other hand Just with one hand I was doing a uh, uh, and doing the so you have like a, uh, uh I'm out of practice now uh where is it and then uh while singing that's what I was working on wow <laughs> but we ended up doing this version where it was just Jeff on keys and me singing.
4: I saw you standing hand in hand But now you come to me, the solitary man
0: Look, that was one of the highlights of the set. It was really good. I mean, the way you sang that was amazing, and uh, yeah, and that's the part where I think people, because the first part of the set you're sort of settling settling in. You got go and don't cry, and it's all good. And then you a couple songs later, you did this, and that's the spotlight on you, man. And you, you know, you did it great. And that's when everybody was like, oh wow, he's he can actually sing this. This is really good. Well, that's <laughs> really uh. It was really impressive.
2: yeah, so, yeah nice. And music. right before that we did Video Kill the Radio Star. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot of, that was a lot of fun too. So I'm holding the megaphone singing, We'll meet <laughs> again in the Bannon Studio. And I'm doing uh, with one hand <laughs> doing the guitar parts and changing vocal presets to different sounds with the uh the vocal, uh the TC electronic thing, I get, well TC helicon. Uh my right foot, I'm changing different patches, putting on the reverb, putting on uh, harmonizer for a
4: video, the radio star. video the radio.
2: and having it automated, harmonizing that and then switching it off and then jumping back to uh, another sound and and yeah, so it was a lot of tap tap dancing up there. Yeah. So that one seemed to wake people up once we got to that song. and then smile was just a very emotional moment. and that song, was very tough to sing because that's when, for me, I would be like, it would just hit me. Just the the first week, Jeff, his his son was there, Dylan, and knowing that, like, family's there and I'm paying tribute to your dad, your departed dad, and every damn time I would just be getting choked up and it would be hard to sing. Uh, By the end, those last... (laughs) That last line, the
4: smile left
2: I would just be barely able to squeak it out. Sometimes I would get a little wet in the eyes. Wet in the eyes. Uh, wet on the and, eyes? Yeah. No no pun intended, but
0: that's nice, man. Yeah, that was great. All right, uh Jeff, your number three.
1: Okay, my my number three, I I wanted to um have something from the from the sort of the albums post the, the reunion. And um, I think for me, yeah, we we've it's funny, we're going to have two tracks from the Omega album, but I love the first track on that finger on the trigger. Um, i had been familiar with it because it was on one of the Icon albums that Jeff and John recorded, obviously, before Asia came back together. Um, and I think the Asia version is even better um just by the addition of steve high and he's there's a great guitar solo in the outro of that and you know it's got those quite uh you know spirited lyrics you know um and um yeah and the big you know stacked vocals that 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 we know and love um, from asia so finger on the trigger is my number
3: three
0: Yeah, that's a great one, and I also knew it from the Icon albums. which great stuff. A lot of good songs, and there is the version of Finger on the Trigger on, I forget which one. I, I think it's on the second one, I want to say. Yep. Um, uh, but yeah, really solid stuff. I like that song.
3: A how lot. Did, Ron, in,
1: in terms of do, doing it live, how did you, uh, I mean, again, I've only seen YouTube clips, but obviously one of the big signature Asia thing, are those big stacked vocals? How did you How did you tackle that? Because back in, back in, in the day when when John was in the band, they kind of didn't really do that um, very much. Or sometimes they used maybe, I think, you know, keyboard patches and stuff to do that. How did you, how did you guys cover that off this time?
2: Ah, well, I sang, Billy sang, and then Jeff Downs would have a little extra something that he would hit. Go! Yeah. You know, a little, yeah, sample. Cool. And then hopefully the audience <laughs> singing too. Yeah. Well, I was watching, when I first started, I was watching a lot of YouTube videos, which I hate doing and I never do. But for this, I definitely had to do it. I had to make sure that I was doing the right things or if there's anything I needed to change. Or, uh, and one thing I realized, because this is the first time I was singing with in-ears in. Right. When I sing with, well, this happens to a lot of singers. And I actually, I talk to a lot of singers about it and trying to get their advice on it. When you sing with in-ear monitors in both ears, it changes your pitch perception and you end up singing everything slightly flat and it sounds correct to you in your head, but outside it's actually a little bit flat. And I realized after watching the first, some videos of the first show, I was like, oh my God, I was singing everything flat. And I just wanted to kill myself. I was like, oh God, what did I do? And I was like, how do I get around this? You know, if I know I'm singing flat, I could sing higher. But if I don't know and I think I'm singing correct, that's a mental problem. And that's not good. That I can't, you know, so a lot of people said, you know, just take one ear out. That's what most people do is one ear out. But I don't want to have one ear blown out. And and I was I was like, I got to figure out how to do this with in-ears. And I just started singing higher pitched than I thought I needed to singing above the note and it would put into the right place although sometimes it didn't Uh, that's kind of what I had to do is I had to sing in a way on top of everything else is sing where I think I'm singing too sharp singing the note too high a little above the actual pitch and then it would be right
3: cool wow so
2: that's when I was Watching videos and, and checking stuff out. Uh, otherwise, if I watch videos, I'll just be like tearing myself apart and <laughs> right, I'm right, quitting right. music. I'm quitting. I'm a terrible. <laughs> I don't want on stage. I'm a fraud. I'm a this. I'm a that. I'm so, so, tr-
1: so trying to shift your pitch plus guitar effects right foot, vocal effects left foot, and playing the guitar parts. Wow.
2: On a double neck where I'm switching. On a double neck. right,
0: And playing fretless. Yeah, yeah. No, piece of cake. I mean, it's you know, no problem. Uh, All right. I'm going to jump in with my number three. Um, I'd marked this spot. It was going to be, uh, I knew I wanted something from the Astra album, one of my favorite records from the band. Um, And I was going to go with Go or another song. And Jeff, since you picked Go, I'm going to switch. And I'm going to throw sort of a weird track, but one I always loved. I'm going to go with Suspicion. Huh. Hmm. Which is uh, next to last song in the record. Um, the thing that always just makes me crazy that I love about this song is the keyboard solo. Just love that part when the when the band kicks in because a lot of it's sort of moody and there's not a, not a lot of music going on sort of right, just kind of calm with Jeff singing and some keyboards and stuff, and then it explodes into like this keyboard solo when the drums kick in and everything, and I just love that part. Um, just one one of the memorable parts for me. I mean, I like a lot of stuff on that record. Voice of America is great. Hard on Me is great. Rock and Roll Dream, uh, kind of corny, but still very cool. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But I'm going to go with Suspicion. Just sort of completely left field. But I love
3: that one. Super-
2: Nice, nice. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. All right. Good choice. Ron, let's go with your number two.
2: Ooh, I think I'm going to narrow things down at this point to uh, debut album. So let's say you chose Wildest Dreams. So I'm going to take that one off the list. So there's, of course, Heat of the Moment is too predictable to, to pick. So I'm not picking that. <laughs> um, so that leaves, it could be Soul Survivor. Uh Only Time Will Tell. Here comes a feeling. Uh you know what? I'm gonna go with because Only Time Will Tell is also it's too big a hit. You have to pick something obscure. Uh, so you've heard so, one of
0: our podcasts before then. <laughs> we never pick with, the hits. Almost almost never. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the hits are overdone, everyone picks the hits. We gotta I'm going with Soul Survivor.
0: Nice.
2: Yep. Yeah, of course. And, anyway, go I mean, with that. Guitar-wise. That thing, and and it's just, there is so much going on in that song. Uh, I mean, first you have all his, his inversions uh, of the triads as the chords change.
3: Uh,
2: you have all of that crazy stuff going on, and then sometimes it'll be a measure of three instead. And, and so just from that that prog geek in me loves all that stuff, you know. Um, but also vocally, just the way uh, the the little the the just the melody, how he was always going to that
4: na
3: ah!
2: on top, and and the singer in me enjoyed that. And also the challenge of getting comfortable hitting that dead on. Singing one of those closed vowels, ee hoo, and uh, with no vibrato, you yeah. One time glory, right in my case. That kind of stuff. Yeah. What a good song. That song's so good. Yeah, there was so much, and then the whole middle, and all the, you have the feet. and all the quick little all those little things he's throwing in there and, and there's just so much going on. Uh, the little keyboard thing at the end of that, right before the third verse. Uh, there's just great stuff throughout that song. There's just, as a musician, uh, there's just so much to appreciate in that song. Besides it just being a catchy as hell song, uh, But there's just great things in every aspect.
1: of the things that you sort of you know that there's a slight um i don't know what you call it received wisdom or something you know that you know the guys from these great prog bands you know you know sold out you know by making this ultra commercial you know pop album and then you listen to something like that and go you know there's so much going on that is complicated you know the instrumentals the breakdowns you know you know it's a virtuoso album but with a with a sheen that kind of uh you know probably a lot of the other bands from their history didn't necessarily have you know
0: well you learn you learn what you learn how to you know prepare some things down a lot of a lot of artists do that right they start off genesis is a great example right or 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 yes or you get you know as you start making more albums you start to all right we can we can get this down to five minutes if we just stop you know embellishing things I think hmm. that's, you know, maybe what they learned. But they, they it works really well on, on that debut album. I mean, perfectly. Yeah.
2: The thing is, people, if anyone says that they sold out, try and play and sing some of that stuff. <laughs> get on the drum.
3: <laughs> exactly. Get on
2: your kit and play along to some of those songs. Uh, get behind the keys. Play some of those songs. Get on your guitar and play some. And then pick up the mic and try and sing that stuff. They did not sell yeah. out. They, they were absolutely in full force doing what they do uh they just did it in a way that everybody can appreciate that you don't have to just be a musician that someone that just likes a pretty pop song could even appreciate it and that is a skill in itself that rarely people have that they can not only play their asses off but write their asses off and put it out there in a way that's that everyone can appreciate.
0: You know, uh, Steve Howe has always been, you know, considered one of the great guitarists ever and definitely a guy that has his own unique style the way he plays. Um, But few people have had to step into his shoes like you've gotten to do this time around and learn his parts, right? And play them a lot. What did you learn about his style and technique from this as as a guitar player?
2: I mean, I've always been a fan going back to 1977. I was seven years old and I heard. <laughs> I should be playing that on the Uh, fretless.
3: <laughs> <Right>.
2: uh <laughs> So yeah. And I just played that album to death. I fell in love with that album. It's still one of my favorite albums going for the one. Yeah. Uh, It's just such a beautiful, beautiful. That whole album from beginning to end is, is just a masterpiece. I skipped one. <laughs> oh, yeah. I actually skipped a... You yep. hit
1: this.
3: I just That's love awesome.
2: that. So I've been uh, a Steve Howe guy forever. Uh, actually, all of them I've, I've been. Yep.
0: So
3: Jeff
2: jumping
1: in uh, <laughs> where are we sound chaser <laughs> we're a <sound> chaser. Oh. <laughs> what is happening we've got sheep sheep butter and bumblefoot plays entire yes albums it's, it's, it's the show um, that's got it all um I mean
2: uh of course so <laughs> uh. oh, yeah i'm a big yes guy uh. We're going to get later
3: okay not Steve Howe <laughs> I know <laughs> <not saying> yet. <laughs> uh, Very and cool, also
0: And you, I mean, my my question, you've already dissected all this music into playing these songs for tens of years.
2: Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, very cool. Steve Howe guy for sure,
3: so, okay.
2: so, and I was into Asia when that album came out, loved it, when that first one came out, completely blown away. So the stuff was not foreign to me, Right. but what I did do is I went back and I started reading old interviews and doing research to see what gear he used on that album so that I could go into my Line 6 Helix and try and emulate it the best I can for those songs. Uh, yeah, I didn't really get to use that much of it, because most of the stuff that I did presets for, uh, Steve Howe came out and played, and I took my guitar off, but I had them ready to go, like the different slap and things and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so I did that, you know, learned every guitar part, every little, uh,
0: yeah. Sweet. Alright Jeff let's uh, let's move on so we around. don't keep uh, Bumblefoot here for three and a half hours
1: I've got my guitar here I, I'm, yeah. I'm nowhere near that good Alright, you're number two um, Okay, number two, uh, Alpha album um, Eye to Eye I think for me is really uh, wow. don't, don't Cry, I, I like but Eye to Eye I, I just there's lots of it Side great, 2 deep cut Chorus, yeah, you know, but those big vocals. um And, you know, it's obviously a sort of relationship song. I love that line when you thought you walked on water, you were skating on thin ice. I think that's really great. Uh, lyri- lyrical line. And again, just, you know, I think throughout probably that Alpha album, probably something to do with the relationships in the band. Steve's playing is a little bit more subdued, a little bit less kind of forefront in the mix but i think on that song it really um yeah his i just love his playing throughout that and again it's not always massively complicated technical stuff but it's just playing the right thing the whole way through the song um so yeah, that is that's one of my picks I
0: we're getting a far range of songs here, um, which is uh, super cool. And, uh, uh, all right. So I'm going to do something I don't normally do for my number two. I'm going to pick a hit. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. And it's one of the biggest ones. I'm not, I'm going with the first album. Only time will tell. And I have to, because I have just this, it's ingrained in my brain this song as being really the first song i could i recall as being like my favorite song you know what i mean and yep. i just loved that whole that whole keyboard part and the whole melody in the verse and the, everything about it it was just perfection to me and i um and i had no idea who the guys were or they Prog legends or anything, you know, Mm -hmm. I didn't know for years that John Wetton and Steve Howe were actually way, (laughs) way better musicians than they show off on the Asia record, you know, and, um, but that's just a song that I always loved. And to me, it's one that still really holds up. It's just still really cool. The way it's written, the structure of the song is a little unique. Um, you know, the, almost the hooky part is the verse. Yeah, you know,
1: yeah, yeah. And, a real a chorus in
0: it. Yeah, and, uh, and and that just sort of comes back around at the end and repeats. Um, the video was cool, I remember that. And uh, yeah, so that's, it's, I had to sort of wedge that one in there, my top five, because it's still, every time I hear it, it's sort of nostalgic for me, and I still always, you know, really love that song. So, Only Time Will Tell, rare rare hit single
4: on my top five.
3: thing is yours
4: Return
1: And another kind of, you know, this lie is over. Another quite angry.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, you, you must have been a deep seven-year-old, you know, a <laughs> song about lost romance <laughs> that really Man, if I even knew
0: you. what the if I even knew a <laughs> word from it, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's just something about, like, you know, Jeff Downs always, it's part of, if you think about, like, the days like these, you know, that little keyboard thing, the, that little lick in there, it's very similar it's, it's very stylistic what he would do, right? Just write three or four notes, just have like this anthemic kind of, uh, you know, melody on the keys. Um, and so, yeah, it's just it's just a iconic moment.
3: Very cool. Yeah.
2: Good choice. Uh, Under-
0: uh, yeah. So. All right. Uh, Bob or Rob. Am I supposed to call you Rob? Call me uh, Rob. Rob. Uh, you're number one.
2: You know, I almost chose Only Time Will Tell, too. I just love the balance of that. Like, first you have that, you know,
4: final countdown kind of, you know? Right, right.
2: And then you have, like, the whole rock sand bounce to it. In fact, you could probably put those two songs together. <laughs> so let's see. Let's see. <laughs> let's, let's see what happens.
4: You don't have to put on the red
3: light (laughs) Or or maybe the other way around (laughs) <laughs> uh, that's
4: awesome
2: alright so let's see number one
3: <clears throat> let's Ooh, see, what's
2: we got a moment we're not touching only time will tell we got Soul Survivor Wildest Dreams uh, we didn't do a here come feeling here come same old which has so much stuff in it what's interesting about that song is how suddenly as it's fading out they go into that uh the lift. Interesting. Yep. Yep. The modulation. All right, but you know what I'm going to go with? Time again. Mm-hmm. Starts with that almost uh, kind of uh, kind of feel to it. It has that yep. almost vibe to it. You know? um, so I kind of like that That. Uh, there's like a hint of you can hear the tie between yes and Asia in that intro of that song but the song itself is just a badass grooving song you know it's got a good swing to it <laughs> of where they came from, the the bands they came from, uh, that we all love them for uh, as players and and just, you know, yes. And uh, it's just a kick-ass song. It's got good energy. (laughs) To me, vocally, it's the closest thing he does to his older... yeah uh it's they certainly play in it and just yeah all around damn good rocking song that has it all
0: yeah yeah no argument there that's a great choice uh glad that made the list um uh i would say an honorable mention from that album for me is uh is also without you yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. real cool kind of middle part that i always liked um but uh, great, love that. Very cool, um,
1: very cool. As, as we've gone through, several people have switched their choices, but I will not be switching mine because Time Again was also my number one. All right. Woo! So there we go. Uh, entirely independently, as the judges will uh, be able to confirm. Um, and again, uh, uh, for all of the reasons that you've just said, I think it's the only song that there was a full co-write credit to yeah. all four of them and uh you were talking about their their you know maybe maybe i have this picture in my head but you know the the shuffle groove is fanfare for the common man you know it's as if (laughs) carl is is sitting in the room playing his kind of you know warm-up or whatever and they all come in and the other thing about the song the structure to me it's the kind of um you know we talked about show openers you know it begins with you know the bass uh you know john wetton then you know, each each bit gets gets added to it, so it's nearly like the spotlight on each person, um, throwing in their you know their riffs. And as you say, I think it's probably the the song that points most to where um, they you know they 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 came from. Um, and I, I read, you know, Steve Howe said it's the song that symbolizes uh, everything that is good about Asia. And I thought, yeah, yeah. that's 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 what I feel about that so um it's it's yeah brilliant 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 track and so much invention in all the little all those little bits that kind of come in there's uh, you know there's very few of them repeat you know each time there's a slight sort of twist on the on the little gaps and the little intervals and stuff like that great great song
0: very cool nice uh unexpected for number one but yeah love it great great tune Um, All right, I'm going to go completely weird and off the board for my number (laughs) one, but I knew this, I always, a lot of these, my number one is the most obvious choice for me always. Um, And uh, so I'm I'm going from uh, Alpha, it's going to be My Own Time. And Uh, um, yeah, just, I don't know what to say. I just always loved sort of the grand nature of this song. The acoustic guitar part is great. The lyrics are you know, really cool, and then the pickup in the chorus. Um, Steve Howe again does some great stuff on here, and, and I think John Wetton really shines on this track. And it's just always one that I uh, forever can remember going back to and thinking was just absolutely my favorite song by them. Uh, I read something about it recently, and again, it's a. I always thought it was I'll do what I want, my own time, that type of thing, and and. Uh, walking through the snow kicking my heels that that kind of stuff I always thought it was about a guy just trying to like you know like about ambition and trying to be you know like a you know make it or some that kind of thing like an inspirational song but again it turns out it's just a breakup song <laughs> which is apparently what have all his songs on that album are <laughs> about but uh, and,
1: and, and literally and because I know that part of the story behind that is um recorded in um Canada and Montreal where there was snow at the time it was a it was a recorded over the course of the winter, so I think that they actually were literally walking through the snow.
0: Right. Yeah, so um yeah, so that's that's my number one. Cast your mind
4: back not so long ago I was always busy. busy. But I really didn't know You were double dealing in your back at school Something you didn't
1: I think it's very much, I always think of that as a kind of a, you know, when you think of someone like John Wetton in the, you know, the history of, you know, every, everything that happened between King Crimson, you know, which had great potential and then kind of collapsed. Um, and then he had the, the sort of limbo years where, you know, he was playing bass for Roxy Music or, you know, whoever um, and UK kind of, you know started and then exploded and imploded and then started again and then didn't really do anything and you know that's you know a really talented guy but just lots of things that didn't quite get him there and suddenly then it you know it happened and you know it happened as you know with something that he was at the helm of really you know you know he it wasn't you know a sort of a you know it was you know his his writing and Jeff Downes' writing was very much at the forefront I, I i kind of see that as a uh you know well you know i've done what i want them yeah you know, i mean that's sort here, of how i, took,
0: I yeah that's sort of how i took it too lyrically um so yeah i was surprised to find out that it was more towards like he's telling his girl look i'm just going to do what i want stop telling me what to do <laughs> which is seems so so uh so so strange
1: should be met. We have to, we do have to mention Heat of the Moment as well.
0: Hit, hit or not, or whatever. I mean, there's something about it when you guys, when you play it live, when the audience knows the song and everybody's standing. I mean, that's sort of, that's got to be like just fun regardless, right? I mean, it's, it's oh,
2: totally. I love doing that song. Well, one of the reasons I love doing that song is because it's the last song in the set and I have spent the last four hours not eating to make sure there's nothing in my stomach because I got to sing and going all day without eating cheese because I'm worried about phlegm. And that means that I finally get to run back and and eat a big thing of cheese. (laughs) Seriously, like everyone on the tour, like they would all be laughing about it. It's like, you get to eat your cheese now. Like all the guys in Carl's band. Like, right before I went on, I would go into uh, catering and just get everything ready for me to just devour as soon as I finished the show.
0: That's funny. But then
2: I wouldn't. I would Me and Colin and his band, we would all run over to the merch area and sign everything for about a half hour. And then I would go back and I would eat my cheese.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I suppose, Ron, the, the natural question, um, you know, as as an Asia fan is you have had the tour i mean the guys have certainly put you out there as being the new um you know guitar player and singer in asia and i heard an interview with carl about last week you know where he talked about you know seeing this as a new lineup with a with a potential or an actual future is there have you any thoughts on that or any any kind of feeling as to what what might happen next
2: I mean, I'm going to roll with the flow of it all. Um, <laughs> well, that's interesting. I should listen to calls interviews.
1: Uh,
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> um, You know, we did this, and it feels like a, a real tribute to things. Um, do, like, I mean, it raises a lot of thoughts. It's like, do people want new music from this lineup, or do they just want to come in and hear the hits that they love? Uh, do yeah. we do one song just you know, for uh, the next tour or something like that? Do we do a whole album? Honestly, I could go any which way and I'm, I'm cool with whatever. If we if we just did this and it ended there, had a blast. Uh, yeah. Enjoy the hell out of it. If it keeps on going, wonderful. Uh, let's do it again. Let's have some more fun. Um, If we make some music together, cool. Let's see what happens. See how the chemistry is. See what we come...
0: As fans, we're up for everything, too. So whatever happens, man.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh,
0: yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Anyway,
0: listen, uh, uh, all the setbacks aside, I hope you enjoyed yourself. We did. This was a blast. You were amazing. All the music, the singing, the mashups, the butter. Everything was fantastic. (laughs) And it's uh, I, I, man, listen, I can't uh, thank you enough for this and being patient with everything, and it was great. And, oh, no, um, all good, man, all good. and I you know, have a great time. on You got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of trips. I know you're going out of town, out of the country. Then you got your camp, then you got Sons of Apollo. We got a new album coming out, uh, I guess, next year from Sons of Apollo, so everybody should look out. And the, uh, the live album is coming out August 30th, and mm-hmm. um. Yeah, look out for Bumblefoot coming to somewhere near you because he's all over the place. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you, man. Thank you again, and uh, we'll talk to you. Thank soon. you both. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you so much. I'm hopefully going to try to get that loan, so uh, I'll be great to meet you.
0: Woohoo! Yeah. yeah. All right. If we do, we need a picture. All right. We'll see you guys. Cool. Have a
1: great one. Thank you so much. Right, Thanks, guys. Bye.
3: Bye. Bye. Bye.